Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale stacks. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Have it. Sorry. <laughs> it's, like, that's... it's almost as if you've done that dozens of times before. <laughs> Where did that come from? Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're flying with Firefly on the Sunnydale stacks. Sunnydale Stacks, Flying with Firefly, where every other week we immerse ourselves in a lawless verse populated by refugees from Earth that was, and navigate two episodes of Firefly. This week, we're exploring the train job and bushwhacked. Every time that title. (laughs) I mean, for many reasons. First off, bush. Second, whack. The president? Sure. Sure. He is a he was a goofy goofball. I mean, in comparison, right? <laughs> <laughs> to the other bush, because there are two President Bushes. I'm sure that's what you meant. Yes. Also, whack. It's just funny. <laughs> but then, yes, the terrible movie Bushwhacked. Bushwhacked. <laughs> we asked, you answered, and Mike has no idea. Mm-hmm. It's a stacker surprise. <laughs> oh, bow. So I was uh, looking through the character list on Firefly, and it's interesting that even though Buffy definitely has the horror element, Mm -hmm. and you've got werewolves and vampires and all the monsters, Mm -hmm. I mean, Buffy's not scary, right? I mean, usually not. There's a couple of exceptions, but those are exceptions, not the rule. Sure. It's it's more campy. Firefly, on the other hand, (laughs) can be downright fucking terrifying. So I asked the stackers... Which is scarier and why? Mm. Reavers, The Alliance, Jane, Niska, Early, River, or The Hands of Blue Men? Okay. I call them the Blue Men Group. That's just me. (laughs) Austin waited and said The Alliance, mainly because they were basically an oppressive dictatorial regime who had conquered the major settled worlds and were still pushing to dominate the French planets. And, you know, they made the Reavers, which is an excellent fucking mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Uh, Eric voted for River Tam. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you saw what she did to those Reavers. <laughs> uh, and then we had a lot of people voting for the Reavers. Uh, yeah. Kyle voted in and said, um, just for their backstory alone, mm-hmm. it's creepy. Cassandra said the Reavers. Uh, Niska is pretty scary, but that Zoe description of who the Reavers are and what they do to you. And she had a great description. She said, they remind me very much of Night of the Living Dead meets Event Horizon. Okay. Yeah. Which sounded like a really cool description. I'm going to be honest. I have not seen Event Horizon, but now it's on my watch list. (laughs) It's it's an interesting movie because it's got a really cool premise, but... um a lot of people disagree about how the execution went. Ooh, interesting. I'll yeah. have to check that out. Uh, Lisa said, if I'm getting caught, Reavers, definitely don't want them near me. And considering the aftermath of having to watch them do their business, don't want to do that either. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. And she said, at least with the rest, it's more like normal torture, electrocution, paralyzed, um, bleeding from every orifice, which actually may be not be normal torture. 
Uh, Megan also said Reavers. If you were lucky, they rape you to death before eating you and sewing your flesh to your clothing. That's lucky. <laughs> I've never been so lucky. <laughs> so, and then Susan weighed in, and this is actually, mm. I'm, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. I'm with Susan on this one. She said, I feel like the Reavers were terrifying in theory, but once you saw them in the movie Serenity, mm-hmm. they just became regular, the horrifying monsters. Yeah. And I really agree that the movie changes your opinion on that because once you yeah. know how they were created, you feel, I mean, like they're still, let me, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. they're still going to eat your flesh. Yeah. And that's awful and ter- terrible and terrifying. But you also kind of feel bad for him. <laughs> I I understand that. I think almost more it's the what's so scary about the Reavers is the unknown of it. And mm. just knowing something more about them makes them a little less scary. Yeah. That takes away a little bit of their boogeyman because it's like, oh, there's like a, a reason for this. Gotcha. Yeah. And then we had lots of votes for the Blue Men. Mm. Uh, Tim said because they're so mysterious. I'm sure if the series ran longer, we get to see more of them. Um, however, their appearance in the episodes we have was an unnerving. Uh, Ryan also agreed with the Hands of Blue Men. said, I don't remember getting a satisfying answer or really any answer for who they were. And he like just had some questions about like, why were they tied to the Blue Sun group? Mm-hmm. Uh, why were their outfits contemporary? Creepy, unexplained, stalkery suit types who can make your everything bleed? Nope. Get the fuck out of here. So what do you think? Um, I'd say just for like pure scariness, I- I'd have to go with the Reavers. Although like... The movie does take away a little bit of their scariness for me. Mm-hmm. I think if they had had more time to develop the the blue hand could be kind of scary. Other than that, it's like kind of like known quantities, which aren't as scary to me. Like gotcha. it's a person. Yeah. You know, I understand that. So I have to say I've never understood the hands of blue men in that. Like, why are they a thing? Um, and you think you and I talked about this in Buffy that like I forgot they were a thing. Yeah. The whole men in black thing does not scare me, and that's that's what this seems like. That the men in group, men in black, it's very X Files. Yeah, as I think a lot of people had commented. Um, so I'm stuck between like, so the Reavers obviously are disgusting and terrifying mm-hmm. and violent, and going to do the worst things imaginable to you, but they're not in control of those decisions. When you think like they're not making mm-hmm. a decision to do it, they're just yeah. animals acting. On the other hand, Niska is going to do very similar things to you and do it purposefully in a way to make it be the worst, most terrifying, psychologically damning, damaging, um, long-lasting torture as opposed to like maybe they just kill you. Yeah. So I got to say Niska, uh, he is up there for me. Yeah, I, I definitely understand like that. Like his level of evil of making that decision versus wild animal can't control mm-hmm. what I do. Like I would definitely say he's more evil because he's not he's like aware and conscious of his decisions more so than the Reavers. But uh, similar to like uh, the statement of the Night of the Living Dead, the relentlessness of the Reavers is mm. what I find scary about them. It's like they'll just keep coming even if it's going to kill them. Like they'll yeah. run on a ship that's like just shooting out radiation and they're going to die anyway. So they don't care. Um, whereas like Niska, like. If you had a gun on him, he'd be like, oh, well, uh, uh, what do you want me to do? Like, he's a dude. Yeah. Who would like, you could shoot. Yeah. And then it would be done. You could shoot a reaver. A reaver, but not reavers. Fair point. Total. Well said. Um, I, guess, I guess you could make the argument. This guy probably has like people that he's paid enough to like avenge him. Sure. On that happy note, 
Let's take off with the Sunnydale Stacks and voyage into the train job. Lovely opening narration by Shepard Book mm-hmm. um, that just kind of explains the backstory, which I think is a nice preface to the episode, the same way that Buffy had the Into Each Generation, yeah. A Slayer is Born. But I also, the only reason it bothers me mm. is just because I know that Fox fucked up the order of these episodes. Yeah. So it feels like it's here to be like, hey, you didn't get to see the pilot. That makes this really obvious. So now we yeah. have to add this narration because Fox fucked with us and it's kind of confusing without it. I mean, it's the kind of thing I think they probably would have done given like the, the, the time the show came out, especially even if they had aired it in the right order and it like helps anybody who's like a new person coming on. Mm-hmm. But I, it definitely does kind of suck to be like, yeah, I, uh, I know all this because uh, I watched the pilot. <laughs> like that, that, that there is a kind of bitterness there of like, I know you'd probably be doing this anyway, but like it wouldn't be nearly as necessary. And everyone would know where all this footage came from if you had just aired it in the right order. I'm sorry. I got distracted when you said the word pilot and I tried to make a space pun in my head and I didn't get there in time. <laughs> Let's pretend I came up with a really awesome space pun with the word pilot. Wasn't that a funny pun I had? No. Uh, I do really like the, the phrase, um, a captain's goal was simple. Find a crew find a job, keep flying. Because mm-hmm. one, it is very Han Solo. <laughs> and two, like, I just oh, feel like that's really... I love Han Solo. Not the new He one. knows. Not the new one. <laughs> Gotta reference Mike. Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, it's also, I just feel like there's something about that that's so simple and easy to empathize with. Of like, I get, mm-hmm. like, those are simple goals for me to be like, yes, that is a, like... I can't say a good life, but that is like an, an admirable, that's even too strong a word, an understandable goal in life of like, just keep flying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just keep flying. Just keep flying. Just keep flying. flying. See where my mind went was uh, just keep living. Matthew McConaughey, which also sounded much more like Bill Clinton there. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> I don't remember Clinton saying that. Re-elect me, please. <laughs> I'm walking on sunshine. So as we mentioned in our previous uh, episode, this is the second episode of Firefly, but was aired first. And also the first episode was a two-parter, but since it wasn't aired, this is definitely the first episode, although it's also kind of the second and third. It's the worst, you guys. (laughs) Hey, but at least it's not like the pilot is the same name as the movie, which is also the name of another movie that's coming out this year. Oh, God. Yep. (laughs) There's another movie called Serenity coming out later this year, guys. So whoop de doo (laughs) We'll have to time our Serenity episode (laughs) and just like steal there, steal some downloads for confusion. I want to kind of mess with people who like only listen to certain episodes and release an episode that says Serenity, the movie, but have it all be about that movie (laughs) before we actually do the Serenity episode. Surprise! We'll save that for uh, April Fool's Day. (laughs) So we start off in a bar. This is a unification Mm -hmm pro-alliance bar mm-hmm. 
Pro Alliance Belly Dancer. (laughs) Something about that was just like a weird choice. I was noticing that too. There are some weird mixtures of cultures going on here, which on one hand is cool. I get that's they're kind of yeah. All of Earth is coming, but also it just kind of. In the same way, when we watched Scooby Doo, we were like, "Oh, it might be vaguely racist." Yeah, because yeah. you're just like all jungle cultures are the same thing. Yeah, this is like all Asian cultures are the same thing. Yeah, and it's it's also just kind of like it feels a little more derivative than the original pilot, where it was like, "Oh, we saw like a, a dock market area," whereas here, like, "Oh, it's a, a space cantina." Uh, yeah, Cantina, <laughs> basically. We're only without aliens, just uh, drunk assholes, which is more like uh, real bars. <laughs> That's fair. So the gang's playing Chinese checkers, uh, which is decidedly less badass than poker, but it made me so happy. <laughs> I have not played Chinese checkers in years. Is there a more politically correct name for that? I'm not aware of one. I've never heard it, if there is. Stackers, let us know, because it, it started to feel real questionable to call it Chinese checkers. So I'm sure there's a, an actual name for it. But what if it came from China? I don't know but the backstory. I, it, it seems dismissive to say, like, well, there's no other way to translate it except they're just called, like, checkers. Given that I don't know their backstory, I'm going to choose to believe that it's on the up and up. And this is, like, they call it checkers. Sure. Yep. So let's toast to the alliance, guys. <laughs> Yay. It's Unification Day, which is that kind sounds, of... That sounds nice. It sounds so... It's like their 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Except, like, it, I don't know, if we were the Brits in the Revolutionary War and yeah. we had lost. Well, it's like it's like the 4th of July if the Confederacy won. And uh, it was also on the 4th of July. Sure. <laughs> Just very coincidentally. So Mel goads this guy into a fight. And I love how he, he gets him to turn. So Zoe comes at him with the first punch. Mm-hmm. It's such a good punch. Yeah. Uh, have I mentioned to you how much I love Gina Torres? I just... Not as much as Han Solo, but still. At the end of there. this podcast, I may propose to her. I just oh. adore her. What will Lawrence say? <laughs> she, she's married to Lawrence Fishburne, guys. Yeah. Okay. So Jane, it's also funny that Jane originally is like, I'm not helping. I didn't fight no war. But yeah. then he has to help. Best of luck. He's Jane. He just... I think he enjoys fighting. Yeah, I think it was like, oh, there's a lot of people fighting, and I could really go for a punch or two. Yeah. Ah, okay. Looks like they're having fun. Mel gets thrown through a holographic window, which mm-hmm. is a nice touch. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, we have to find another like image to kind of, here's what the show is, and so it's another good one. Yeah. So like I was watching this part with like keeping in mind that like for a lot of people this was the first scene of Firefly they mm-hmm. saw and that's weird. Yeah, it does weirdly feel more in media res than the original pilot did. Please explain that phrase. Uh like uh, action already in progress. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes, correct. Yeah, this seems more like well, it seems more like a second or third episode. Yeah, we're like it's still like we already know these people. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little bit of context, but you you kind of already know what's going on. Yes. Uh, so they get pushed to the edge, and you get this great moment of serenity, mm-hmm. rising up over the edge, and telling them to get back into your little bar. I I like it. Don't get me wrong. I just can't help but think I thought it was so much cooler in Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> So this apparently is Mal's Unification Day tradition. Start a Aww. fight with a bunch of Alliance Pro supporters. 
That was out of... Pro-Liancers? Pro-Liancers. Pro-Bellies. <laughs> or is that just the soldiers? I think it would be like a red coat. You'd call somebody who was like a sympathizer with the British a, a red coat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you could all pur- pur- purple bellies. Sure. Purple bellies. So we get this really exposition heavy scene between mail and book. Yeah. This is, you know, part of the problem of making this. The first episode is mm-hmm. they had to interject a whole lot of exposition. Like the the one that really gets me is like, ha ha, they don't know it's a transport ship. It's like, yeah. yeah, but you do. So why would you say it like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how you doing, sis? <laughs> As you know, I'm a very good fighter. Why would you say that? And <laughs> uh, then we get a nice scene of Anara braiding Kaylee's hair. Yeah, that's a nice I scene. like this only because I am the same where it just it relaxes me to have someone like braid my hair or like pet my head. And it's Aww. a very girl thing to be like, oh, especially if you have long hair, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, just like pet my head. Getting my hair cut is like the best activity. Just wash my hair for 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I couldn't understand some of the uh, pleasure people taking it, but I still kind of get nervous uh, getting haircuts. That, I mean, that's, I will. Okay, so the washing your hair part, fantastic. Yeah. Once they take out the scissors, terrifying. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, as a kid, I would run out of the barber shop. Oh, no. <laughs> you were that kid? I was so scared. I remember once, like, I was like, We'll get we'll get Burger King if you if you can sit, sit and get your hair cut and I was just like couldn't do it. I was like, please, please, I want the Burger King. I've been <laughs> so scared. The place my mom would take me when we were kids was the second floor of this small of this apartment building. The uh, street level was a giant candy shop. Oh. So if you were good, giant candy that's, shop. That's some synergy, right? That there. is what you do. Uh, so we still get more exposition here. What is a companion? Uh, and Mal tells her about Niska, mm-hmm. which is, again, I think Whedon does a good job of letting us know that we should be nervous about someone because the characters are nervous. And yeah. in this one, he's telling her, like, hey, he's such a bad dude. Like, don't yeah. don't leave your shuttle. Just like whenever somebody mentions the Reavers, Jane's Reaver sense starts to tingle. Yeah. He reaches for his guns. Well, who am I kidding? Jane always reaches for his yeah. guns. It's like, what? There's a, there's a peaceful cow in the road? Get my gun. <laughs> what? I'm falling asleep? <laughs> Better get my gun. <laughs> oh, he cuddles it as he's sleeping. <laughs> oh, you know he's got a sleeping gun. <laughs> so we meet Adeline Niska with a very thick accent. Mm-hmm. And his lackey crow, who looks like a wwe wrestler with a face tattoo yeah that that choice i'm not a huge fan of i like niska even though he's he's like a little over the top but in a way like i could believe and it's kind of fun whereas like crow's like what what are we doing he's a cartoon it, like i that it just makes me think like what what is the show and i'll start i start getting into my kind of initial reactions because i believe this was the first episode i ever saw mm-hmm. and Stuff like this is what I think first turned me off from Firefly uh, when it had like a big burly character with a face tattoo and a weird like almost looked like Roman centurion garb on it was just like, oh, it's going to be one of these. A little on the nose. Well, and just like a little like, oh, this is just going to be like a Xena or, you know, any other syndicated sci-fi fantasy show that was of of the era. Uh, this was in where you'd have a million of those shows just on Fox on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I gotcha. 
There is definitely a genre of sci-fi fantasy shows like Xena that I just never got into. I've never seen an episode of Xena. And just they all seem kind of like interchangeable where it's like, oh, there's like a stock plot of the week where like they have to, you know, fight this villain and this villain is different. Is that something that you get the impression is true or did you watch enough of them to... I I definitely watched some of those shows, not never for a long time, because they'd always get kind of boring. Sure. And about when I saw this episode, the for a while the only episode of Firefly I had seen was about the time I felt like I was kind of growing out of them and just mm-hmm. being like, "There's nothing really. There's no meat to the the shows because mm-hmm. it seems like just a villain of the week kind of deal." Stuff like Crow in this episode made me kind of feel that. Gotcha. So Niska wants to make sure that the crew of Serenity understands that his reputation is not just gossip. He is as scary as people say he is. Mm-hmm. So they show him a man hanging from his feet and tells him that is what will happen if you don't complete the job. No, Not so solid. I, I like that. The whole solid word. Yeah, it's the his accent and tenuative hold on the English language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say as someone who. Also kind of has a tiny of all of the English language. Um, <laughs> uh, it makes for some great wordplay because mm-hmm. the way that he stumbles around his words makes it seem like he's saying things in a weird way, but he's actually very astute in choosing his oh, words yeah. carefully. He's, he's turning the weakness into a strength. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the job is to steal from an Alliance train. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to Mal. He hasn't asked many questions. No. This train... Okay, I know you don't play Borderlands. Okay. You should. It's my favorite video game. Do they do they make a version for the Nintendo 64? God, I hope I wish that they should make a version for everything, but there is definitely I think multiple trains. There's at least one train. And this set piece is straight out of Borderlands. I got really excited and I was like, I need to play this video game and I started looking up like is there a Firefly video game? Where can I buy a Fire, mm. Firefly video game? Um, and I forget, there's definitely one for the PC. I think the yeah. base, there's like, I think a couple. And I think the consensus is okay. that it, they're just shitty. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't think you can like go to GameStop and buy a disc. I think it's something you have to download for your PC. Mm. But the more I thought about that, the more I was like, no, I don't need a Firefly video game because I have Borderlands. <laughs> just get like a mod maybe where it's just like... It's close enough. I swear to God, Firefly's go play Borderlands. It is just Firefly. It's amazing. I love it. Good to know. So this train is full of Alliance soldiers, which actually excites Mal. Because it gives him a chance to embarrass the Alliance, Mm -hmm. and it makes him seem like that much more of a badass. Yeah, he's he's a little full of himself. (laughs) Um, It was here that, and I wrote this in my notes several times before uh, listening to the commentary and finding out that... uh, Yes, indeed. Uh, these costumes are from Starship Troopers. Nice. Uh, because I kept writing, I don't know about these costumes. They seem way too much like Starship Troopers. <laughs> it's like, oh, because they literally are. Just painted purple. And now you're on board because it's a great movie. Um, I'm kind of off board because I already feel like, and this is another problem I have with this episode, and I think it gets better as the series goes on. I love the idea of having the Alliance basically like kind of the dark yet still bureaucratic version of like the Federation in in Star Trek, Mm -hmm. kind of that idea. But it just seems a little too generic here where it's just like, literally they look like they're from Starship Troopers. I gotcha. And that just doesn't define them enough to me. And I kind of feel like I, I, and granted it's 
a, a lot to ask from a second pilot that's half the length of the first and had to like be written in a weekend and had to like please Fox executives who wanted really weird specific things. Um, <laughs> Guys are fucking nuts. Yeah, uh, it's Fox. It's 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 owned by Madman. I, I feel like there should have been more of an establishment of what the alliance was before they got to the train. And they just kind of like vaguely talk about it before this. And there's mm. like the bar fight. So you kind of know what people who like the alliance are, but you don't see the alliance themselves. Serenity did a better job of introducing yeah. the big bad government. but And you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, thinking about this as the first episode, they don't treat the alliance enough like the empire. Mm-hmm. Which is what they are. Yeah. And that, you know, obviously Star Wars is amazing, <laughs> but they do a very good job of treating this dictatorship as with the iconic symbolism mm-hmm. and this really intimidating look that right off the bat grabs you. Yeah. Back on the ship, Kaylee explains the plan to Simon. So we get that he's, uh, Jane's going to fly onto, or, rappel down onto the ship, mm-hmm. grab the stuff and bring it back onto Serenity so, so they can bring it to Niska. Looks like it's less of a train job and more of a crane job. Ah, nice. Yes. Bow. Take a bow. Well done, sir. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> so Jane is in charge and he is rude. Uh, I mean, uh, again, this is a good thing, way to establish his character, but God, he's such a dick. In he this. is such a dick. He thinks Mal must be planning on turning in Simon and River because why else take them aboard? Mm-hmm. He just doesn't see the point. And I kind of like that, like the simplicity of Jane, that he's, he's so oblivious to the idea of right and wrong that he mm-hmm. doesn't understand the concept of doing something for something other than money. Yeah. Other than, than personal gain. It's, it's, it's it's much sweeter than a lot of the other kind of uh, less than moral characters because like he, it it really does feel like he's oblivious. He doesn't get. He's probably been told several times sure. what right and wrong is, but he just like doesn't get. It. It's like yeah, but I want this. You know what I I, I kind of noticed, and of course there's like the famous Jane's hat, but I feel like he's always wearing hats, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different hats because I think he likes hats. Sure. Um, he should go down to Badger's Hat Shack. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's, uh, it's a interesting thing that kind of helps color the character of him being kind of like a little kid where it's like, ooh, I want to wear a bunch of different hats. Yeah, it this makes is me my... think of like a preteen boy that has like 50 million baseball caps on the mm-hmm. wall. And it's like, oh, this is the hat I'm going to do when I rappel down something and I steal a thing from a train. It's like... <laughs> Those kind of like weird, almost edgelordy kids, like would they talk about like, yeah, well, I wear this one because it's better when I do my karate. Yeah. Like he like actually does karate and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's kind of charming. This is where we get this that great line, time for some thrilling heroics. <laughs> and he repels down onto the train. The effects have not aged well. I will say. Yeah. At the time, I think they were pretty solid. Sure. It's, I mean, it's now, not, not so solid. Nice. <laughs> It's fine though. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't take me out of it as at all. Mm-hmm. They do lift the crate onto the back into Serenity, mm-hmm. but a soldier hears them and there's a fight. So Mal and Zoe get stuck on the train yeah. and blend in with the other passengers. They find out the crate was medicine. Womp womp. 
I kind of like the detail here that with all the Chinese cursing we get, or excuse yeah. me, the Mandarin cursing that we get in this moment, male actress says, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I feel like this is such a bad, such bad news that he actually like forget the Mandarin son of a bitch. <laughs> if this had been a mid season episode, it wouldn't have bothered me, but this seems like a kind of stock plot when I first watched it. Okay. I, I don't know. As again, as a pilot, this didn't grab me the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you meant that you were a pilot. <laughs> as a pilot in my, 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 my vroom vroom plane. Um, guys, I'm losing it. I'm going real crazy. Um, uh, so I, I asked the, uh, the bridge man, uh, where are all my chocolates? Uh, no, uh, but. This watching it as I as I did as a pilot episode um, was was a little disappointing in the plot as well because it felt like oh I've seen this kind of plot before where it's just okay. like very typical like uh, the the hero does something finds out it's actually wrong has to undo it. it it it's it's a decent plot but as a pilot plot it felt like man I've seen much more interesting things it it feels like i don't know how this is differentiating itself from other things at this point again if i had watched this as a mid-season episode i don't think i would have minded it as much that's fair because i don't but i I mean because i didn't see it as a pilot yeah so i like thought the i thought the the switch that like oh you're not you're stealing from the alliance sure Mm -hmm. but you're stealing alliance medicine from poor people yeah i don't i like it so these poor sick people i like this because like it gives you I think a good reason of like, oh, I would also choose a smuggler's life. Like, I don't want to be on the fringe planets. I would Mm -hmm. much rather be on a spaceship because this is awful. Because you don't want to live under the rule of the Alliance. Like, because you're you're not going to lock out and be one of like the privileged people living in the high rises of Persephone. Right. You'd be like probably starving on a dock somewhere. Uh, Yeah, I I, I agree. It, It does make it seem more enticing to do stuff that in regular everyday life here i probably wouldn't want to go into like piracy and smuggling sure but if my options were more limited i could totally see that as an option and on this planet we meet a new character and while the universe may be infinite hollywood is not let's see what else this actor has been in in across the verse So uh, this actor is Greg Henry, who's been in a bunch of stuff and he usually plays a total creep. Um, <laughs> so this is one of his rare like, oh, he's a decent guy. Uh, he plays the sheriff. The sheriff. Uh, sheriff. Uh, oh, why do I have not? Uh, that's the one thing I don't have written down here. Sheriff Bill. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, sheriff Bill. Uh, so you may have seen him uh, in the film Star Trek Insurrection as Gallatin, if you're looking for interstellar thing. Okay. Or uh, one of his more famous roles, not really as genre but it is Brian De Palma, so it's pretty close, uh, as the Sam Bouchard in Body Double. They don't say it like that. I just can't not say the last name Bouchard like that. Gotcha. Uh, more recently, uh, he was uh, in the movie Super as Detective John Falkner. Probably a thing you'd really recognize him from uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy, Volumes 1 and 2. Okay. He was uh, Grandpa slash Grandpa Quill. So, oh. Yeah. 
in the beginning of Guardians. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's, he's worked with uh, James Gunn a lot, but has also worked a decent uh, uh, amount with Joss Whedon because he's also William Bashford in the Dollhouse episode Haunted. Hmm. I had to look it up. Okay. Because I feel like in this episode, he was kind of underused, um, but he's still good. That's the episode where it's. Uh, the person gets downloaded into into Echo, into uh, Liza Dishku, who's the friend of the kind of owner of the dollhouse, and she's investigating her own murder. Oh. So he plays uh, that character's brother, who's kind of like a drunk. Okay. Um, so he's like, uh, it's, it's like one of those like rich family uh, like murder mystery things. Gotcha. So he's like the, the I believe, the brother um, mm. in that episode. But yeah, so that's Greg Henry. Cool. Spelled with two G's. Uh, so it's harder to look him up, I guess. <laughs> so Mal and Zoe tell the sheriff that they are husband and wife. And sheriff I love this Bell. line. Sheriff Bill. <laughs> I love the line. Remember, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sir? <laughs> because you're my wife. Like, now that is a line I do appreciate as a pilot. Because it's what it's it's a little harder to get away with later on in the series. Where it's like... Wait, what is he saying? But when it's here, it's like, oh, oh, it's that's not what I thought of it. Yeah. Uh, so he is questioning everyone and these guys being newcomers. What are you doing here? And they question him right back, ask what the mm-hmm. medicine's for. And now get out your notebooks and pencils. It's time to learn what's Simon's study guide. <laughs> What is the name of the fictional disease afflicting the people on this planet, Regina? I will guess it's okay. called the Regina Monologues. <laughs> so close. No, it's called Bowden's Malady. Um, so they apparently something to do with mining and the mixture of terraforming mm. on the new planet and the mining produced this disease, Bowden's malady. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so bad that even if you don't go in the mines, you get it. Yeah. Everyone gets it. The sheriff gets it. And it's a nice little detail that you see him struggle to get up at some mm-hmm. point. It's like massaging his knee. Yeah. Which, you know. Even have to have that. You could just be me and have shit knees and do that all the time. Oh, do not go to that planet, Kristen. <laughs> no, I'm screwed. Uh, so it is a degenerative disease that affects the bone and the muscle. To me, it sounds like it kind of might be like ALS to mm-hmm. us, or maybe even muscular sclerosis. Yeah. Mal and Zoe were stealing their medicine for that pescaline D, which is very valuable on the black market. Yeah, it's hard to come by, and the Alliance does not really give a shit that it was stolen. Because they're not sick. Yeah, and it's kind of like, uh, we we got other stuff that's more important. I guess we'll send a new shipment eventually. Sure. Yeah. Or not, because I don't care. Well, I think they, they will eventually. It's just not like, if we lose a couple, that's fine. But they want to keep it like going, so they'll send it, but they're not going to like waste their troops on it. Yeah. So Jane is not keen on waiting for Mal and Zoe. He wants to make the deal with Niska himself. Uh, and it's where you get the great line. You know what the chain of command is? It's the chain I beat you with until you understand who's in command. And then everyone gets all bendy because Simon doped him. (laughs) He's just grabbing Grabbing at fireflies that are at the get it fireflies, fireflies (gasps) that are there. And he falls over. So he's been 
drugged Veto- by Simon. Drugged. Also, he's vetoed. Just nope. <laughs> That is the ultimate veto power. <laughs> so they come up with their own plan. And Ari goes to the town. She looks amazing. I feel like she mm-hmm. looks like Cleopatra here. Yeah. Uh, she tells the sheriff that Mal is my indentured man. She slaps him. I think almost, well, as far as like this having to be a second pilot, this is possibly my favorite introduction of any of the characters because it kind of shows like, oh, this is where she like, she is the most important person. Like when it's like holding court, having that kind of authority and gravitas. Well, and even in the pilot, they said that it was a respected um, tradition, a respected position, but we never really saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So now we see how that can benefit them. Yeah. it's, It's not just seeing like, some you know guy in her shuttle like falling in love with her it's like oh just when she's out and about she's like has this presence that kind of opens doors you're right yeah so once they get back on the ship no hesitation we're bringing the medicine back i like that Mm -hmm. like he and zoe have not had time to talk about this it's just uh, they understand each other and they just understood this is happening there's Mm -hmm. we're not taking those people's medicine but niska's goons arrive first because they're late not mike tyson in the game Crow borrowed Fate's knife from Buffy and threw that. <laughs> Bummer for Mal. <laughs> These, this was a great shootout, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like everyone yeah, was, nice was helping. Everyone kind of had their strengths. Zoe is always the most badass because I love her. <laughs> She's even better than Mal in this. Like he's kind of, his style in fights is like guns blazing, don't think first. Mm-hmm. And like Zoe's fucking amazing just warrior woman yeah uh wash drives a dune buggy into crow mm-hmm. uh and a stroked out jane <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love half half drugged jane when he when they come back it's like i waited for you <laughs> <laughs> male plans on leaving the medicine by the side of the road but the sheriff is waiting for him oh i like that they don't make him too dumb like the they sheriff, make, like the, not yeah. a bumbling local sheriff. Yeah, he's, not like, actually, he's like he's super suspicious of them. Even like when he lets them go, he's like, I don't know about this. Uh, yeah. But he can, and he's honorable here. I, I like that. I agree. Yeah, because uh, he immediately understands what's happened. He understands that Mal took the job without mm-hmm. knowing the details. And then once he saw the importance of what he stole, he had a choice. And I love this part. He says, man has a choice. And Mal says, I don't believe he does. Aww. And that's just so great. But mm-hmm. like, it isn't a choice. You have yeah. to bring back the medicine, period. Yeah. So Mal uh, tells Crow to take Niska's money back. We didn't give you the product, but you get, so you get to keep your money. And mm-hmm. we are even Steven. But no dice. Chris says, no, you keep that money and you run because Niska's going to kill you. Well, does it, he, well, he says like he it's like a personal vendetta. It's yeah. Like, My blade will find you. My super cool throwy blade that I barely injured you with. <laughs> Went right into your shoulder. So Mal just kicks him right into the engine. Yeah. That's going to damage your engine. I, I think it's strong enough. I, I believe in the old girl. She can take it. <laughs> And the next guy is so intimidating. He's just like, yep, no, yep, best no, plan. I, be, Absolutely best right. for everyone. Which that guy is definitely going to die. <laughs> like, don't you feel kind of bad yeah. for him? But like, he's fucked either way in mm-hmm. this situation. I mean, no. I guess like he works for Niska, so mm-hmm. it's his fucking fault. But Mal's going to kill him. If he brings this bad news back to Niska, Niska's going to kill him. If he tries to run to, from Niska, Niska's going to kill him. Like, he, this dude's fucked. I think he needs to... Go into hiding on Tatooine. Oh, wait. No, wrong. (laughs) 
Why does Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. dress like a Jedi when he's on Tatooine? That's really dumb. Even if that's a somewhat common mode of dress, like dress as anything else. <laughs> it's as comfiest. Definitely outfit. not a Jedi. It's very flattering. Especially when you don't even change your name. Oh, Ben instead of Obi-Wan? Good cover. Uh, so- Obi-Wan Kenobi's an idiot. <laughs> So, we're, we're a very strong Han Solo podcaster. <laughs> we love Han Solo. So River, this whole episode has been in the background, very traumatized and repeating mm-hmm. two by two hands of blue, yeah. two by two hands of blue. We didn't know what that meant until Uh-oh. now. Uh, we see the Alliance ship. There are two guys. Say we're looking for a girl. They've got blue hands. <gasps> and it's the men in black and time travel. That is what this is. Here come the man in black, time traveling. With Here some blue come the hands in on. blue. Oh, <laughs> very well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I because it never really gets resolved properly. This this stinger is uh, a little little anticlimactic in in the realm of the whole whole show. Decent as like a, a stinger at the end of a pilot to be like, oh, there's something bigger going on i guess i kind of wish so like major spoilers but in the last episode early is actually pretty terrifying Mm -hmm. and in particular i'm thinking of his scene with kaylee yeah because so early is fantastic and Mm -hmm. as a character and he's terrifying what if that character were a man in man uh hands a blue man so at least you know, I mean, I mean mm-hmm. that there, something happened with them. I don't know. I mean, I think at that point it was, it would have been a, a pretty late rewrite. But yeah, it, it feels like the kind of thing that could have been something interesting. If you look at like other series, because what this is the most reminds, I think, everyone of um, that I've heard and certainly that came to mind for me was like, this feels like a very x-filesy ending here right yeah where it's you know like the men in black this kind of like weird shady you know uh government like secret operation that's doing something shady with supernatural stuff back before it was uh more problematic you might even say like a deep state thing but like with that it took like several seasons for that to really pay off in the x-files yeah so like uh, it's it's just Another thing that's a, a sad symptom of how early Firefly was cut off that like, I don't think if you had seen a lot more blue men in the first 15 episodes, they would have been as effective because they're meant to be like this lingering background threat. Yeah. Um, where it's not even like the Reavers where they could pop up every once in a while in a way where it's more like they're so big. Like when you have a confrontation with them, that's like the end of the series probably. Yeah, I gotcha. So what do you think about the episode? Uh, watching it just just an episode, I think it's it's uh, it's solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not my favorite. It's got some interesting grace notes, but as a pilot, I think it's bogged down by a lot of pilotiness. Okay, like yeah. the the first ten minutes, just such like rushed exposition dialogue. And I know there's not much way around it, especially when you don't have much time to make the script. You have these weird constraints. You already made your pilot, and you don't want to just make it again. So I understand that like. Given those constraints, I'd probably give it like an A. Yeah. But just looking at it as like, I don't know those constraints going on when I'm watching this, you know, seven o'clock on Friday or whatever when it came out on Fox. When I watched it then, I was like, oh, well, this seems like it might be okay. And I think maybe I'm prob- part of the problem here. 
I kind of had the thought of like, well, you know, if this lasts, maybe I'll check it out next season. Sure. And that's the kind of feeling I got initially from this episode. Watching it in retrospect, it's a, it's a fine Firefly episode, mm-hmm. but nothing particularly special. And I think Fox screwed up by not airing the pilot as the pilot. Yeah. I, de- I mean, I, I is insane to watch this episode now and think that a lot of people saw this as the first episode because it makes no fucking sense as a first episode and them trying to turn it into one with all the exposition. It it sucks that it is a detriment to the episode. I don't think a huge one, but just how skilled the rest of the writing is, it does stand out as like, well, that was a weird clunky way to, you know, shoehorn in that exposition. Well, and I feel like you could have done a lot more interesting things with the plot that was there if you didn't have to shove all the exposition around it. Exactly, right. Like, Um, I I would have liked to spend more time on that planet and see, like, what the sheriff is doing more. And more than just that one room we get. Yeah, and, you know, I wish I could read this script that existed before they turned it into a pilot. Mm -hmm. But even, you know, as an episode of Firefly, I love this episode. I really do. I like... You know, maybe it's trite that, you know, you have, you know, the medicine and oh, no, we shouldn't have taken this job and we have to give it back. I don't care. I love it. (laughs) I like it that my hero is a badass, but also straight up a hero. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like seeing these fringe planets combined with the spacey stuff. I I just Mm -hmm. I really like it. The train's an awesome set piece. No effects, notwithstanding, it's wonderful. And even the the effects are are made a little bit better because of the you know the very early on clearly established style where everything's going to be kind of handheld and be mm-hmm. a little bit more documentary style. So the effects are a little more effective in that they're not as clean as a lot of effects of the time. That's like mm-hmm. the overly shininess of early CGI and even bad current CGI is what really takes me out of it. So if like stuff goes out of focus for a little bit, that kind of helps me, Yeah, you know, yeah. believe it. And I feel like in the pilot, uh, the Alliance was this very hands-on dictatorship mm-hmm. as opposed to this one where you can see why this is the lawless Wild West because yeah. they straight up just don't give a shit about the people. Well, yeah, and I, I think if... If, again, you had been able to retool this episode a little bit and show that aspect, because you show, like, oh, if the Alliance cares about something, there's huge, massive threat. But there's a lot of things they just, like, we don't have time for that. we got to move our giant, you know, four-pillar spaceship over here to do something else we actually (laughs) care about. Uh, I guess we'll send some more medicine tomorrow. Um, we're not going to express it though, because that costs extra money and still, you know, I was on charge just a buck and and, and a half. Uh, Just Postmates it. Yeah. You think Postmates going to survive after Earth that was? Depends on their uh, how their ship is. Mm. All right. It's time to take a break and hear from our sponsor. Love the wide open beauty of outer space? Tired of staying in your cramped vessel? Want to walk on your hull outside of dry dock? Need to leave your ship but don't want to die a shockingly sudden and immensely agonizing death? Why not pick up a spacesuit? They are suits you wear when you go into outer space that make sure you don't die. Try spacesuits and live! It's time to ship out from the train job and voyage into Bushwhacked. Every time I can't, I cannot. Pointing into her bush. 
And it's going to be real rough because I'm whacked. <laughs> You're wiggity whack. <laughs> oh, oh, let's not bring that back. <laughs> that's that's something that doesn't need to be brought back anyway. <laughs> so the crew is playing a modified game of baseball. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really modified. I'm very tired. The crew is playing a modified game of basketball. Good old tire ball. <laughs> <laughs> tire ball. I like this. This is, I don't really understand, like, can you go through either way? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're having fun. I'm into it. it. It is a lot more plausible than most sci-fi sports. I'm using air quotes, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's an or, air quotes voice. Or like, uh, and like Star Trek was really bad with this. Even like Battlestar, I didn't really like their fake sports. Uh, like a lot of sci-fi has real dumb fake sports and games where it's, it's just like, the, there's no, I can discern no rules whatsoever yeah it seems like it takes entirely too much equipment it it, it seems like an impossible game for most people to play or win uh well this is like oh it's it's like you put a ball in a hole yeah like like 90 percent of sports yeah it's basketball but <laughs> yeah. they don't have a hoop they have a loop nice <laughs> the autopilot runs across a derelict ship floating through space so they're gonna check it out if they're surviving <laughs> just imagine the ship was like said shit and it was like Hey, what's that ship up to? How how you doing, ship? (laughs) So they're going to check it out. If they're survivors, they can help. If not, they can loot. Okay, so on this ship, did you catch the lonely red balloon? I did note that the ship seemed like a Freddy Krueger nightmare and (laughs) that it was filled with child's toys everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that the ship is terrifying. Um, And it, it just makes me think about... I don't know, like Alien Mm -hmm. or, to a much lesser extent, uh, The Sphere, which is something I have seen. I've seen that movie so many times, Mike. So many times. I'm not even a big fan, but like, if you (laughs) made it through Sphere, you need to watch Event Horizon. TV so much. You didn't have to watch it, though. It's always on TV. Um, But, yeah, no, they're entering this terrifying spaceship, and part of the super terrifying part is just they're walking in the background, and in the foreground, there is one red balloon coming out of a grate. Fucking Pennywise is on that ship. Oh, no. It's an evil space cloud. Like, I want to know if it's, like, an Easter egg, because it is... Weird as fuck. And the helium hasn't run out. It's mm-hmm. still floating. What is happening? I did have a th- thought because, uh, you know, in a crazy talk, River says, like, it's a ghost. And I just thought, oh, how bad would it be if this early on in the run, they had just a ghost episode <laughs> where it's literal ghosts. There's like, oh, it's a space ghost. Uh, creator Buffy couldn't help himself. <laughs> so the dinner was left uneaten. There's no bodies. Uh, and what's even more terrifying is River saying to Simon, there's too much screaming. When he says there's no screaming, she goes, there was. Ew. <laughs> uh, maybe don't go on that ship. Maybe just leave whatever's in there. Really? In this episode, I think she'll teach Simon, uh, you know, she's crazy, but like, trust your sister a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I feel like for, it goes on way too long before mm. they start actually listening to her when she talks. Yeah. Simon then enters the ship because Jane told him he was needed mm-hmm. and he, he's got the spacesuit on and he's this is long, tense sequence of him oh, walking. It's so tense. This is very horror movie ish. Yeah. Like he's scared. He's heavy breathing <sighs> in this suit and it's, it's, it's ill fitting. So he's like mm-hmm. trying to adjust it and he yeah. can't really see where he's going. 
and he just walks into a room where no one else is wearing a suit. Just, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> they find out that the lifeboat launched. And so they're like, oh, well, it got out. Yay. And mm. then when Zoe and uh, Mal are in private, she goes, okay, that would not have held 16 families. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the ship itself. Mm-hmm. So the fuck happened here? River wanders on board fucking barefoot still. Yeah, I would not do that. No. River, just, I know like you're going through some stuff right now. There's going to be broken But glass. at least get some Crocs or something. I mean, don't get Crocs, but something. Like some, you know, Old Navy's got flip-flops for like $2. Yeah, you can find something. Space Navy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so it's Old Navy now. New Navy. Because <laughs> it's the future? <laughs> the look of disappointment on your face is the best part oh guys i just got bushwhacked bushwhacked look up the trailer for bushwhacked guys it's madness it's it's clearly like we have a terrible movie we need to do anything we can to sell it bushwhacked just just do it guys uh so river finds mal and zoe who have just found a fortune worth of supplies so why would someone abandon it well they wouldn't river looks up and we just see bodies uh it's amazing how much you can find out by looking slightly up It is pretty creepy. It reminds me a lot of the uh, the movie Jeepers Creepers. Uh, oh, God, which, that movie. Yeah. I found it very creepy. More creepy that I found out it was written and directed by a pedophile. Definitely more creepy. Probably not in a good way, though. We'll be watching that one again. Yeah. So Jane is attacked. Cut to the commercial. Not Jane. Why wasn't his reaver sense tingling? So back on the ship. Uh, they hear gunshots. I feel like it's got to be so hard to be Wash. You know he loves Zoe. Yeah. I love that he supports her. He's never mm-hmm. like, he never babies her or treats her like a fragile female. But e- even so, it's got to be stressful as fuck for your significant other to yeah. like constantly be going off into deadly battle. And he's just on the ship being like, where is my wife? And I hear mm-hmm. gunshots. Yeah, it's it's definitely got to suck. Although I, f- I feel like it probably helps that it was very much the established thing by the time he got there that she was doing this kind of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, Oh, like we were high school sweethearts and then she joined the military and then all of a sudden was off to like fight the war all the time. It was like, no, he already met her when she had like been through a war and was like doing crimes with Mal. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do crimes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like that definitely helps, but it's it's certainly something I would have liked to see explored more if there were more episodes. Yeah. So there's a crazy guy in the kitchen. They knock him out. Hey, Mike. Yeah. What do you call a loony spaceman? Uh, a cosmic crazy. I don't know. An astronaut. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Maybe we should give him some space. He's <laughs> already got all the space. <laughs> So among the things this dude is muttering, no mercy, they were weak, cattle for the slaughter, open them up, see what's inside. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, obviously it was Reavers. You know, a creepy thing he wasn't saying, which I think is very appropriate, is uh, let the bodies hit the floor, because they did not let the bodies hit the floor. 
You're from that song? No. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. It's a very famous song. The, the listeners, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, but in this context, that's a terrifying song. Or they, they're not talking about dead bodies. Uh, I think they are. It's It was like new metal time. It was a weird time okay. for music. It was very popular in like, uh, from what I remember, like middle school to high school with like... Oh, where was uh, I? Uh, probably not hanging out with the like stoner, uh, like not stoner, but like angry kids who also smoked pot. Oh, no, I was with the theater kids that smoked a lot of pot. Yeah, but not actually smoking that much pot. I mean, I wasn't. I don't know what they were doing. (laughs) So Mel says that this dude is beyond saving after what he's seen, but Book disagrees. And Mel still wants the cargo. Well, Book wants to put the body to rest. So this actually works out that he Mm -hmm. that you know, the compassionate part of the crew is going to go do funeral services and treat these bodies right. Well, Mel is still going to steal the cargo and also... Uh, we we need to distract everyone so that they're not really terrified and find out that the Reavers left a booby trap that's going to Come blow on, them all up. Guys, that's really that's mean. It's it, doesn't it strike you as kind of like so like you know I said like the Reavers are kind of like wild animals, mm-hmm. right? But like they've got to be present enough in their minds to a pilot a spaceship mm-hmm. and be like set up a booby trap. So what I like to think of them, like, people-sized, messing up their bodies with weird stuff, uh, versions of gremlins. Because, like, they're very good with machines, but they also will just, like, claw at anybody comes near them. Sure. Yeah. No, I, you got me with that mm-hmm. one. Good. I like it. And don't feed them after midnight. Do not feed Because they those. will eat you. Probably don't feed Reavers at all. <laughs> I mean, you don't You want- don't want them coming around again. <laughs> no. Because you know what? Reavers ain't men. So a lot of tense stuff happening here all at the same uh, Mm -hmm. time. The crazy dude wakes up. Book is praying over these dead bodies that I swear to God are going to come back to life. I know it's not that type of show, but like I'm in a freaked out mode at this point. But you know what I kept thinking, even though I've seen the episode and I know this doesn't happen, was like, oh, what should totally happen is that like out of the stack of dead bodies, like one guy just kind of crawls and you find out that he's been there the whole time. Yes. Oh, God, that's awesome. But also, no. Yeah. <laughs> As Jane is also looting, Kaylee is untrapping the booby trap. Mm-hmm. Which I, I really like this idea of like, oh, they have this extra complication of mm-hmm. Kaylee having to undo the booby trap. I kind of wish they had, A, spent a little more time on it. and They B, resolve it, fe- it very quickly. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, there's this huge complication. Kaylee, go fix it. Okay, it's good. Yeah. It doesn't, like, they built it up as this huge thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like... Kaylee cut something uh, and we're done. done. But just when we think that everything's okay Mm -hmm. and everyone did their task to, I almost said to completion. That's (laughs) bushwhacked. (laughs) Uh, Just when everyone finished their homework, the Alliance shows up. Like these guys. I mean, am I right? (laughs) So they've got a great plan here. They put the cargo in plain sight so it doesn't look like we're hiding anything. And I love... So when they board, the entire crew is sitting right there, right in front of all that stolen cargo. And I love that Wash just puts his hands up and he's got the biggest smile. (laughs) He's just just so... Everyone else is just standing there casual and he's like, hands up. I got it. (laughs) Uh, That's such a Wash move. 
Uh, I just love him. I love him so much. I like to think that Alan Tudyk improv that. But he was oh. like, this is the character choice because this is totally what Wash would do. I like to think that, except for like scenes where it's clearly him having a bunch of dialogue, he just improvised all of it. Because it, yeah. seems, it seems so perfect for him. The, Who's flying this thing? <laughs> I mean, he's uh, <laughs> yeah. just as light. So the Alliance questions everyone on board. Mine is Simon and River. Hey, where'd they go? I don't know. They're probably hiding in a, a, a shoebox. So the Alliance is searching the ship while they're going through this. They're trying to find Simon and River, who were previously upset that like, oh, you're going to turn us in and blah, blah, blah. But clearly, no. So so in my notes, this is the part I said where it's the, the Starship's troopers come in, complete with Casper uh, Van Dingus. Casper Van Dien was uh, in Starship Troopers. Ah, don't you like having to explain your jokes to me? I do. It's okay. Got the first part. <laughs> uh, so I love how Inara's questioning ends with the, you cut to the Alliance guy going, do you love him? And it cuts back to Zoe. Mm. And such a good cut. Um, Editing joke. <laughs> and she's so like terse and mm. not helpful with information. We're very private smash cut too. <laughs> her husband i like the like fought with a lot of people in the war and your husband fight with him sometimes too like, <laughs> oh that's such a good line <laughs> and wash i can't i i can't tell how i feel about wash going like it's the legs it's the legs and the part at the top of her legs just before her back i'm like i mean i like that you're attracted to your wife well i think the the context wasn't the question like what did you first notice about her that's how he answers it sure but it's just, this is bordering on locker room talk. I think it's it's him saying that he 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 found her very attractive. He didn't say this to her. Yeah. So I don't. I I I didn't. But find he's it. talking about her. But I think it's just he's so like happy that he looks like with this person that he finds super attractive. And he focuses on her butt. Kaylee is talking ships, defending Serenity's honor, which I love. And Jane is just silent. <laughs> I do, I love how Kaylee it like even just like what sets her off when they're taking her as like this he, heap of junk and like how truly sincerely offended she is. I love that yeah. she is just so like it feels like Serenity is an actual like personal friend of hers. Yeah. So while the soldiers are tossing the ship, where Simon and River they are outside clinging to the ship in spacesuits. Which is both awesome and not. And we had that great line earlier where Kaylee pointed out, like, you've got your suit on wrong. So this entire time, I'm like, is, is he even getting there? <laughs> you just see, like, a bunch of, like, steam coming out <laughs> of his suit. Uh, so in Mal's interview, he's not quite understanding that he's in trouble. Like, he he kind of treats the interview as if he is helping the Alliance mm -hmm. or, like, giving them advice. So he tells them, like, you should blow up that ship. And the alliance going like that's evidence. I would never do that, which is going to come up at the end. Mm. The only way I bring that up, they're holding him because they think that Mail attacked that derelict ship. Yeah, they're not believing him when he's like Reavers attacked their ship. Like, oh no, you attacked that ship and killed all the people for that cargo, which is not how they saw these interviews going. It does seem like it. It kind of furthers the point of 
the Alliance seems like they always want to be doing something more important than they, whatever they're currently doing. Mm-hmm. They're just like, I, I, it's just, it, you did it and we're going to throw you in prison or kill you or whatever. Yeah. We got to go to Starbase 4. Well, and like how shitty of a government it is when you can't trust them to do justice that mm-hmm. like, we're not going to do any investigating just, oh, you're here. So you're guilty. So you're going to jail. And so what if you didn't actually do it? You were clearly stealing from it, so we might as it's fine that we're just going to convict you of mass murder too. Sure. So the survivor split his own tongue in two. Blech. Ooh, a reverse surprise. Which, uh, yeah, clues mail into the fact that he's not a survivor anymore. Mm-hmm. Now he's a reaver. And I, I like this is the first time you see what you could call a reaver. Mm-hmm. Cause even if it's a little disappointing, it's like, yeah, but this is a guy who just kind of went reaver. Sure. I like, I like that, that aspect of it. It's interesting thinking about this in terms of what we learn at serenity and that it's kind of both, um, origin stories for reavers are correct. And mm-hmm. that, you know, the, what happened on Miranda in the movie serenity happened, yeah. but then also sometimes reavers are people that went fucking crazy. Yeah. And like chose to be Reaver. Mm-hmm. So I'll say at this point in my notes, I got tired of typing Reaver or Survivor and didn't know how to refer to this guy. So he will be henceforth known as Joe Bob. <laughs> Which is the same number of letters as, as It's like easier Reaver. to type somehow. Oh, all right. I'll believe you there. <laughs> so yeah, the problem of uh, I, I did the, uh, the text-to-speech thing when I was take, moving my notes onto digital form. So there wasn't the wrestling of papers. Uh, and uh, apparently I say river and reaver way too closely. There's too many. I mean, river, reaver, survivor. Like, it, I can't. Joe Bob. <laughs> is this Joe Bob Briggs? Host of TNT's Monster Vision? What? This isn't a reference everyone's getting? <laughs> so Joe Bob sneaks back onto Serenity and this is so well done yeah. that Simon and River are about to reenter the galley. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to Mal and the Alliance entering the galley. And you're immediately yeah. looking around like, where'd they go? Oh. Um, and then Mal finds the helmet. And you see they're right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And just as the Alliance is about to turn the corner, cue Joe Bob. Joe Bob. Uh, and Mal snaps his neck. So this is where, you know, after all of the Alliance saying like, we're civilized and we would never Mm -hmm. blow up that ship. It's evidence. They blow it up. Also, they take that really profitable cargo. Yeah. Which sucks. And like, as we're watching this episode, because I haven't watched Mm -hmm. the series in a while and they were talking about how valuable this cargo is and it's a fortune. I'm like, why does the rest of the series go on if they're rich right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't that kind of end the series if they're super fucking rich? It's one of those things if you watch a lot of TV, it's always like, well, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know the rest of the series isn't them being millionaires, unless you're talking about the original last season of Roseanne. Um, <laughs> you know you know what the original last season of Roseanne was, right? Didn't they win the lottery? Yes. Wasn't it's, it a dream? Both are correct. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's... I mean, there's certainly a lot of problems with Roseanne right now, but guys, uh, we should have seen some warning signs with the last <laughs> season of Roseanne. Uh, that is the most. When did it end? Uh, sometime mid nineties. Oh, see, that's so funny because I feel like that is the most eighties like sitcom plot ever. We won the lottery. 
but it was all a dream. <laughs> well, but it's so weird because it's like they, I think for most of the season had won the lottery. Oh, and it was like lottery episodes where it's like them being rich. Okay. It's one where she fights people on a train like Rambo. Um, Can you say jump the shark? Uh, I, I think they uh, won the lottery in the TV sense, which is not good. <laughs> so what do you think about this one? I like this one a lot. I think it doesn't have a lot of things that bugged me about Train Job, which mm-hmm. basically is just the fact that this episode has room to breathe mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? That you can have like lots of like longer, like tense sequences. And I actually didn't take that many notes for this one because most of it was just like the stuff that was really effective was just like, oh, this is like a really cool kind of tense sequence. Yeah. And then there's like some nice character moments. I love like the whole just very subtle thing of river loving going out into space. Yeah. Like there's just lots of mo- time for those kind of moments to shine. Um, so I definitely, I, I like this one a lot. Remember when I said, I think the show might be perfect. I think this show might be perfect. I fucking love this episode. And I really like the theme about like what it means to be civilized mm-hmm. Um, and you see like what happens when something that's truly uncivilized like the Reavers can do to normal people Mm -hmm. and what your definition of quote unquote civilized means when you're away from civilization and how the Alliance started out being like, we are civilized people. We cannot blow up that ship. And Mm -hmm. then like 30 minutes later, we blew up that ship because (laughs) fuck this place. (laughs) Don't want any more nasty Reavers showing up. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it feels like, this is an episode that would in most series come towards like the end of the first season or the start of the second where it's like, Oh, this show is starting to figure out what it is. It's turning around. Mm -hmm. And this is like the third or fourth episode, depending on how you're, you're ranking them. And it's, it's really crazy to think about that. And I think going forward, it'll be something I have to keep reminding myself like, Oh yeah, this is the first and only season. These are all first season episodes. Yeah. Which like, especially for like a sci-fi or fantasy show, most take at least a season to figure out what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. I mean, like some of like the all time classics, like Buffy, definitely the first season is, is real rough on a, on a first viewing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Star Trek next generation, real rough first couple seasons on that one. Uh, even X files, like there were some decent episodes, but there's also some weird stuff going on in the first season there. So like it, it's, it's really amazing um, that you have this quality of an episode Four episodes in. Yeah. Now it's time to celebrate some thrilling heroics with this week's Big Damn Hero of the Week. That was, they said that this episode. They the thrilling did. Hero, that's where that's from. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm turning into Woody Allen for that. Yeah, that was a very good Woody Allen. I keep doing unintentional impressions this week. <laughs> Um, this was a tough one because I think a lot of people had moments to shine, mm-hmm. uh, partially because, you know, the, the first episode we watched was a Redux pilot. I think I'm going to have to give it to Mal this week. Uh, cause all things considered, lots of, lots of heroics all around. He makes the probably, he takes the biggest hit, which is, you know, getting the knife to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty rough on him. And has the biggest moral decision of just, no, we have to give the medicine back. And granted, it's not like I don't think other crew members would have made it, but he was the one who, who like kind of like was no hesitation, just out front. He was the first one who said it and made it so. Yeah. 
I also said male mm-hmm. for, I mean, yes, for that, for giving the medicine back, uh, even though it's going to cost him not just like the money he was going to make with Niska, but like you're fucking fucked now. Yeah, that's, I mean, best case scenario, uh, you just have to avoid seeing that guy ever again. Worst case scenario, well, we'll see you later on in the series. Mm. And then also because he saves Simon and River in Bushwhacked. Yeah. And he even says that a lion's douche, yeah. even though he's a total douche. And he, he totally could have gotten away with like, oh, he just... Uh, the you Reaver know, got him. Joe Bob. Joe Bob jo- got him. Joe Bob got him, guys. Joe Bob. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure his name was William. <laughs> he goes, but Joe Bob. Yeah. He's a Reaver now. His name is Joe Bob. <laughs> Wouldn't that make them so much less scary if you found out they had Reaver <laughs> names? They're all like really like stereotypical like hillbilly names. That would have been awesome. <laughs> What was them that words? What was said? Them's tumble words. Who said the following quote? Any story worth telling relates to real life in some meaningful way. Sci-fi allows you to tell meaningful stories without seeming too preachy. It adds a metaphorical layer between the story and the real world. Sci-fi is dismissed as ungrounded fluff, but it's actually the opposite. I'm going to say Joe Bob Briggs. (laughs) That's a quote from writer Jane Espenson. Oh, Jane. I think she might be like my favorite of like the regular writers in the Buffy verse. I just like every time you see her in like an interview or something, Mm -hmm. she just seems like the nicest. Like you would just you would I would love to like work in in an office with Jane Espenson. Like it just seems like she would be a delight to be around. I would love to get you a latte. Can I get you a latte? Yeah. I would get her a latte a lot, eh? Ah, uh-huh. well done. Good job. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. You can contact us at sunnydalestacks at gmail.com or at sunnydalestacks on Twitter to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Firefly. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember?, And join us next time when we explore Shindig and Safe, when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. In space!